I want to make the bad man fly. <laughs> You're the bad man. I thought you were. Okay. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, currently reading A Game of Thrones. I'm Zach, as always. My other co-host here is Nate, this guy. Did you, uh, did you practice that? No, that was, that was off the dome piece. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the first time you haven't fucked it up in a few weeks. No, so. no, I'm coming well, at you. Good pa, job. Pa, pa, pa. Improv. Boom. Anyway. If you joined us last week, we were reading Eddard 8. It wasn't even last week. That was, like, Monday. That's true. But last time on Dragon Ball Z, I guess. Yes. Anyway, last time we <laughs> were talking about Eddard 8, and Ned was pleading with Robert not to have Daenerys Targaryen killed. That whore is pregnant! And we got some primo Robert lines, but in the end, Ned ended up turning in his badge of office and... Littlefinger paid him a visit. Littlefinger paid him a visit as Ned was preparing to sort of sneak out of the Red Keep with his daughters. And Littlefinger said, well, if you can stay a little longer, I can show you a thing or two that your dumbass friend Jory Cassell isn't finding. And so Jerk. that was the end I of like Ned's Jory. chapter. As we know, Ned's going to choose to stay, and that's going to be bad. <laughs> bad <laughs> He for was him. so close. But anyway, this week we'll be covering Catelyn Six. Six. And we did get some great correspondence in the time between recording. So first we want to shout out. So uh, yeah, this uh, was over on, on Instagram, Instagram, we got a nice little message from S. Roberts, 613. And she just was letting us know that she's listening to us for like four days straight. Ay, I ay, applaud your tenacity. True that. Because like I can't stand recording an episode with this fucker. So that was just rude. It was pretty rude, but you it was people true. People understand what I have to deal and with. And she says that it was been, it's been fun rereading with us, and so we are so glad you're enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, keep uh, uh, writing into yeah, us. Yeah, and that's what I told her. You know, send us some, some inductees. Who do you think deserves to be, be in this brotherhood? Let us know, but thanks for listening. Thanks we for writing to us. Also, this week, have heard from our friends, the Not So Silent Sisters. They actually, Afton and Brandy, I'm talking to you now. Uh, we didn't record this by the time you sent it, no, so, we did so not. you're so you're included. But they didn't have much to say. They said that they're neither of them are particularly big fans of Catelyn anyway, and that this chapter really is just a lot of descriptions yes. uh and setting the stage yeah of explaining where she is. a lot of the and eerie so itself. they had a few points to make out which we have very similar points to make out so we'll, we'll as shout, always yeah, yeah we'll, we... we'll go through our points as we reach them in the episode and then they gave us some inductees as well which we will definitely read out at the end super so, excited for this chapter yeah let's yes. just jump right into it last right. we left catelyn she was heading up the east road with, with Tyrion, yes. and they had just encountered some clansmen and so at this point she's making her way through the pass in the mountains you know uh heading to the very first castle uh, yeah keep. as her chapter opens donald waynewood yeah. is telling her that she should have sent word ahead because the high road isn't safe anymore for especially for smaller parties like the one that she has with her and so now that we're a whole paragraph into this goddamn chapter let's bring up the first point that the silent sisters not so silent sisters mentioned that she's already foreshadowing her fucking journey down to the path Stone of darkness. Yeah. 
It says that they had learned that to their sorrow, Catelyn told him, and it said that sometimes she felt as though her heart had turned to stone. Her what had had uh, what? Uh, her uh, her heart, and uh, also that her vocal cords are severed. Oh, and some vile stuff. I don't think it said it. It there, doesn't but... say that, but oh, she okay. continues to say six brave men had died to bring her this far, and she could not even find it in her to weep for them. Even their names were fading. Yeah. So let, just to veer off course real quick, that's who Stoneheart is. Is that I have a task to accomplish. Fuck all. That well, that's what that's what's so great about this specific line in general is that it's it's showing how it, it's a it's a very nice compare like she her heart, she feels her heart turning to stone because she can't cry for these men. So initially, when you read it, you're like, oh, she's just growing hard yes. in the face of death. You know, it's gonna shit's gonna start getting rough. So she's she's growing used to seeing people die. But we know as sullied readers that she later becomes literally called Lady Stoneheart. And so the fact that she, in her sixth chapter of in the this, first yeah. book, is saying that she fe- sometimes feel feels as though her heart turns to stone, it's amazing foreshadowing. Yeah, like fucking And the Silent so Sisters caught it as well, yes. and they just loved it, and so, so yeah. we loved it. It was great. So uh, she goes on to tell Sir uh, Donald that the clansmen harried them day and night. So mm-hmm. that battle that we saw with them was only the first. Yeah, the beginning. They lost three men in the first attack, which is the one we witnessed. They lost two more in the second attack. Yeah. And also a Lannister serving man. Yep. He, but he died afterwards due to festering wounds. Yep. Um, and then they thought that they were fucked because they heard. Yeah, when Sir Donald and his men were approaching, they had expected another attack, and they braced themselves for the end at this one. This one was going to probably kill them if it was another clansman. They were bracing themselves for one last desperate fight. And, and it said that Tyrion had yes. been sharpening his axe. Making... Now, I like how often she'll bring up this point, making a jest. As Bronn spotted yes. the moon and falcon banners of House Aaron, and Catelyn thought that she had never seen a more welcome sight. And so we get a quick description of Sir Donald, that he was a stocky youth of 20 years, earnest and homely, with a wide nose and a shock of thick brown hair. And he tells Catelyn that the clans have gotten much bolder since John Aaron's death, and that Sir Donald would like to ride out and root them out and dispense with them. But Lysa so, has forbidden it. My note here I put, Sir Donald goes on to tell us maybe a little more than he should. And I feel like some of this stuff isn't necessarily things that outsiders should be told right away. Well, I think that this is this is the, uh, and we'll learn a little bit more about it, but this is the anger that later the Blackfish speaks of, that people want to do something. Their lord was just killed, and and they all are kind of suspicious of it. There's whispers of it, we learn later, of what actually happened to John Aaron. And so I think Sir Donald is sort of the epitome of that. He wants to go out and fight these clansmen because yeah. they're getting bolder because their lord died, and it's they want to do something, so he wants to go out and try to root them, root them out and get them rid of them. Yes. But Lysa has forbidden it, and it says that she wants all the swords kept close to home to defend the veil. No one is certain from what... But shadows, some say, and then he actually sort of comes to realize himself and he apologizes for speaking to her out of turn in hopes that he doesn't offend her with his frank talk. But Catelyn's way beyond that bullshit. I, I love how blatant she is with that, you know, that she's not above frank talk. Yeah, like, and she knows what her sister fears, and it's the Lannisters. And as she says, thinks this, she glances back at Tyrion and Bronn. And thinks that these two yes. had grown thick as thieves since Chigan died. And Tyrion was m- way more cunning than she would have liked him to be as her prisoner. And 
He was her captive, yet he rode with a dirk in his belt and an axe and a shadow skin cloak that he had won dicing with the singer. And I like how this next line says that his lack of fear at the situation and his nonchalantness throughout yeah, the, the whole he's thing. he's surrounded by hostile men. Is making her question mm-hmm. it, which is like... Fuck, if you just would have Could I be wrong? Is is he innocent? Could he be innocent of this, of what I'm accusing? And then she thinks, but if he was, what does that make her? Six men had died getting them here. But she pushes all her doubts away. She needs to continue forth. She's made her choice. She needs to lie in the bed she's made for herself. So she tells Sir Donald that Sir Roderick will need to see Maester Coleman as he's grown feverish from wounds suffered from the Klansman battles. And many times... Cat thought he wasn't going to survive, and Bronn had urged her to leave him, but Cat would not yeah. hear of it. But the the sept in there is not available. He's yeah. he's defending. He's been called by Lysa Aaron to the Erie to wait on her kid hand and foot, and yeah. so all they have is just a little sept. Yeah, he mentions that there's a septin at the gate that can see to Roderick, and Catelyn obviously has a little more faith in the maesters and the septins, but... She gets distracted by the long parapets that she sees built into the stones of the mountain, and they come to this narrow pass that has watchtowers and bridges, and men are watching them approach from these battlements, and they're near to the top of sort of this little climb when a knight rides out to meet them wearing the tully coats. There he is! Who would pass the bloody gate? And Sir Donald answers, Sir Donald Wade with the Lady Catelyn Stark and her companions. And the knight lifts his visor and says, I thought you looked familiar. You are far from home, little cat. And cat recognizes him immediately and says, and you, uncle. And she smiles despite everything that's happened. And she says, take off your helm, uncle. I would look, I would look upon your face again. And this is when we get Brendan Tully, the blackfish, removed his helm. And he had aged a little bit in the times that she sent seen uh, since she's seen him last but his smile was the same as was the laughter in his deep blue eyes i heart black the blackfish is a badass as we will learn throughout the coming books and even this one in so this I, chapter yeah i like how he uh he then mentions well this is my home now my home is behind me yeah and uh which is just a cool line first of all that he's sitting there you know and he has his back to the veil and all that but he the fact that he actually says, my home is behind yeah. me, it can be also taken as River Run. Yeah, it's when behind he run, him in his, when in he his life. Left River Run, yeah. And, and he asks if Lysa knows that she was coming. Well, I, re- I like that Cat uh, there said that his home is in her heart. Mm. Right after which, you know, she just got done talking about how it's turning to stone. Yeah, yeah. And yet, that's the piece that if she can retain, then maybe there's some chances the familial, for some... Yeah. Some of the people that are around her as Lady Stoneheart, if that kind of stuff can reappear. Yeah, the, if it's the family that yeah. will pull her out of it. But he asks if Liza knew she was coming, and she said that there was no time to send word, and I'm afraid that we ride before the storm, Uncle. And so Brandon grants some entry. Now, I like, again, that Martin's connecting his own fucking dots there with the fact that there was the big dream, uh, the vision from Bran early on, where he saw a storm out yeah, in yeah. front of Cat. Now she's ahead, or was it, it was behind, no, it wasn't. No, they were in the middle of it, it was when they were at at sea, yeah. And and it was, well, it was at King's Landing, they were riding into the storm. Oh, that's right, yeah, they were riding toward uh, the storm. Well, they were in a storm, but they were oblivious to the one ahead of them. And now she's in front of the storm, Mm -hmm. running away from it, because she's been caught up in that shit. 
But Sir Donald asked permission. Did you mention that that he asked permission to enter the vein? Yeah, the veil? yeah, and granting yeah. ransom entry, and they ride underneath the bloody gate, which has held back thousands of conquerors before, and the veil lies before them, and it stretches far to the east, and it's just a tranquil land of and fertile yeah, this soil. This is the part we talked about at the beginning, where there's just going to become a lot wide, of... slow-moving rivers and hundreds of small lakes, protected on all sides by the mountain peaks, and above them. Looting the giant, the jagged giant peaks of Giant's Lance, a mountain that even mountains looked up to. And over its western shoulder flowed the torrent of Alyssa's tears. Cat could make it out even from this distance, even though the water looked pretty crazy in the dark. And it's, then she goes back to a memory Ned had told her. Seven towers, Ned had told her, like white daggers thrust into the belly of the sky. So high you can stand on the parapets and look down on the clouds. So she asks, how long of a ride is it? And... Her, bro, uh, her uncle tells her that they'll be at the mountain by evening fall, but the climb will take them another day. Roderick's like, I'm out. Yeah. Done. Uh, eh. uh-uh, uh, I can no longer go any further due to these wounds, yada, yada, yada. But Kat doesn't expect him to, and she says that her uncle will lead her and Tyrion the rest of the way while the rest of them stay below and rest and gain their strength back. Marmillion asks that to come up to the Eyrie uh, because he would like to see this story to the end, and... Cat doesn't really see a reason not to, so she grants him passage. Yeah, so, and then it's, uh, Bron comes up and says that he would like to... Not that he would, he, I'm coming says, as well. I, yes, and she, she does, she's not happy That she it. doesn't like, yeah. She knows that they wouldn't have made it where they are now without him, and that he's very strong, he's got courage, but there was a kind, there was no kindness in him and little loyalty, and she had seen him riding beside Tyrion far too often, talking in uh, whispers, low whispers, and yeah. laughing at some private joke. And she's been wanting to get them apart for a while yeah, now. Yeah, but she can think of no gracious way to deny him since she just denied the singer, so she grants him passage. Although she notes that he, he never really asked for permission. Oh, denied? He grants him denied permission. Him. <laughs> yeah, grants him permission. Although he never really asked yeah. for permission to come. Uh, so Willis Wode stayed with Sir Roderick. Fresh mounts were brought, and they set forth. And it was Cat, her uncle, Marmillion, Tyrion, Bronn, and six of Brennan's No, I thought men. Willis Wode did go. No, no I, I had a weird daddy. note that he had. He went also. I don't know. Never uh, mind. Whatever. Yeah. He either so went or he didn't. They're almost down the path when her uncle asks this storm of hers and to tell him about it, and she tells him it all. Lysa's letter... Brand's fall, the assassin's dagger, Littlefinger meeting Tyrion in the inn, all of it. And her uncle, it says, was always good at listening, uh, except to her father. And so we get a little bit of the yeah, backstory the, here that he was Lord he Hoster's youngest brother, younger brother by five years, but they had been at war as long as she could remember. It had lasted until Cat and Lysa were married, and at the feast, Brendan told his brother that he was li- leaving River Run to serve Lysa and the Lord of the Eyrie, her new husband. Lord Hoster had not spoken his brother's name since, or at least that's what Edmure told her in his scarce letters. Nonetheless, during childhood, it was Brendan the Blackfish whom heard Lord Hoster's ch- to whom Lord Hoster's children brought their tears and tales. Lysa, Cat, Edmure, and even Peter Baelish. He would listen to them all patiently and laugh at their woes and cheer at their triumphs. So he just sounds like the chill-ass uncle that yeah. everybody loves. That's what he is. And so when she's done telling her story, her uncle says that her father must be told. River Ryan, yeah, he must be warned because right the veil the is protected. Past. Winterfell's way out of their way. 
But River runs right, right there. Yeah, right like, in the Lannisters' path. And it's fog. Cat had feared the same, and says that she plans on sending a raven when they reach the Eyrie. And she asks about the mood in the Vale. She asks about the mood in the Vale, and he answers angry. John Aaron was much loved, plus the insult of Jamie Lannister being named yeah. Warden of the East. Like I like that that gets directly, addressed which is a title that the Aarons have held for three hundred years. And so Lys- now Lysa is demanding that everyone calls Robert Aaron the true Warden of the East. And but no one is fooled. Yeah, we find out quickly that Robert Aaron is a sickly little nasty yeah and he thinks uh uh, blackfish thinks that nestor royce should rule until he comes of age and people are also gathering because they know that lisa needs to remarry and she's he uh he claims lisa says she would marry but that she's kind of just playing the game she's just enjoying everybody fretting over her and wanting to to do the whole big thing, and she's well. A her uncle even says that she, yeah, she seems to like it. Like just these people groveling for yeah. her affection, and that he thinks that she intends to rule until her son Robert comes of age. And Callan points out that a woman can rule as wisely as a man, and he says oh, the right woman yes, can. Yes, Lysa is not you, Cat. And if truth be told, I fear you may not find your sister as helpful as you would like. And so Kat's puzzled by this and asks what he means. And he says, Eliza, who returned from King's Landing, is not the same girl who went south with her husband when her husband was named Hand. Those years were hard for her. John Aaron was a dutiful husband, but theirs was a marriage made from politics, not passion. And Kat interjects and says, well, so was mine. But Brandon says... Your story, didn't be- turn out your story began the same, but yours has been happier. Lysus had two stillborns, twice as many miscarriages, Lord Aaron's death to contend with, your sister had one child, and he is all she lives for now. Small wonder that she fled King's Landing. She is afraid, Cat, and she fears the Lannisters. She ran to the Vale, stealing away from the Red Keep like a thief in the night to snatch her son out of the lion's mouth, and now you have brought the lion to her door. So, I think that snatching the her son out of the lion's mouth, is, is that like a direct reference to him being warded by Tywin Lannister? Because isn't that what the king wanted? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that that was obviously a her fear was the Lannister having him at Casterly Rock. Which I think is very funny because I'll bring up a point later on about Kat's thoughts about the yeah. warding. So Wart- Catelyn says that she brought him in chains and her uncle glances back to Tyrion <laughs> and says, I see an axe, a dirk, and a sellsword that trails him like a hungry shadow. Where are the hung- chains, Does it say shadow one? in your book? Yeah. I think it said wolf in mine. Unless I was just misreading my book, but I had wrote wolf. Maybe I'm just... I think you need to take better notes. Maybe... Cat is uneasy here. She she says that the dwarf is not here by choice. He is my prisoner. Liza wants him to answer for his crimes, just as I did. Her lord husband was uh, murdered. It was her letter that first warned us against them. And he says that I just hope you're right. With a weary smile. He says it in a tone that said she was wrong. And so the sun is close to setting as they reach the valley floor. So I also like he called her child again. Mm. And earlier in the chapter, he spe- she specifically said, I'm a child no longer. Yeah. But he's still, I mean, granted, it's that kind of uncle fatherly thing. But I so, like that right then when she's making this presumption, yeah. he's still calling her child. So it's full dark by the time they reach the stout castle at the foot of Giant's Lands. The gates of the moon, her uncle announced, Lord Nestor's seat. 
and he should be expecting us. So Cat looks up and up and up, at first only seeing stone and trees and the looming mass of the mountain, and then she sees fires faintly in the distance and a tower keep built into the side of the mountain. And up I really higher, like how this goes. More, uh, up higher, more lights, and up even higher still until she starts to get vertigo. She's looking so high up this mountain where this eerie is. And he says that the uh, Tyrion cuts in and says that the, the Aarons must not be fond of company. If you're planning to make us climb that mountain in the dark, I'd rather you kill me here. And Brennan says that, nah, they'll stay the night here and ascend in the morning. And Tyrion asks how they plan on getting up. And we find out that they use mules. Yeah, which she Cat learns from Ned or something in the past. Yeah. So she kind of goes over the stairs that are carved into the mountain. And that we get the, the three the, that the path is guarded by the three way castles: yes. snow, stone, and sky. And the mule... stone comes before snow. Yeah. But otherwise, stone, yeah. Snow and sky. And yeah. sky has some wenches that you have the baskets that get raised and lowered yep. for supplies up to the eerie, which is directly above it. Um, and Brendan B. Fish says. He could arrange for Tyrion to ride up in those baskets. Which Tyrion, Tyrion gives yeah. a bark of laughter to. It says, no doubt my lord father would be chagrined if his son of Lannister went to his fate with the turnips. If you ascend on foot, I fear I must do the same. We Lannisters do have a certain pride. At which point Cat snaps. Yeah. And she says, pride? You mean arrogance. Arrogance, avarice, and lust for power has... Uh, what did I just say? His mocking tone and easy manner really pissed Callan off, yeah. is basically what it says there. So Tyrion gets this dope reply. My brother yes. is undoubtedly arrogant. My father is the soul of avarice. And my sweet sister Cersei lusts for power with every waking breath. <laughs> I, however, am innocent as a little lamb. Shall I bleat for you? <laughs> and Tyrion grins at her. And the drawbridge lowers. The portcullis goes up before she can reply. The men-at-arms light their way, and her uncle leads them across the moat. And Lord Nestor Royce, the high steward of the Vale and keeper of the gates of the moon, is waiting for them. And he bows, and Lady Catelyn says... And he bows and greets See, her. I, I had right here that they exchange their courtesies, and Cat requests they stay over the night. And Nestor Royce is like, yeah, word, you can all stay the night, but not you, Cat. Yeah. Because Lysa needs you up tonight, tough shit. Brendan B. Fish is against that shit. Yeah, he's pretty pissed. Uh, a night ascent without a full moon. Even Lysa knows that that's an invitation to a broken neck. But the, the the mules know their way. It sort of comes out of nowhere. And a girl of 17 or 18 steps up beside Lord Nestor. And she bows to Cat and says, I promise you, my lady, no harm will come to you. It would be my honor to take you up. And she's so cocky that Catelyn has to smile. So she asks the girl's name. Maya Stone, if it please, my lady. It did not please her. It was an effort for Cat to keep the smile on her face. Stone was a bastard's name in the Vale, as Snow was in the North. Flowers in Highgarden. Cat had nothing against this girl in particular, but suddenly can't help but thinking of Ned's bastard, which made her angry and guilty. So a few, all at once. A few points here. First of all, Jesus Christ, Cat, get over your yeah, fucking shit. Yeah, chill out, Catelyn. Holy shit. Second. Uh, Robert's bastard. Robert's bastard. Third. Uh, I really like that it's Maya Stone, and she mentions that it's Stone that sets her off because it's a bastard name when she was just talking about how much yeah, Stone yeah. is in her heart. And I I just thought that was an interesting little... I don't yeah. think it actually ties into anything, but I just enjoyed the... 
So Nestor says that Maya, Maya will get you up safe. She hasn't failed me yet. Yeah. And so Catelyn agrees. And I put yourself in your hand, uh, put myself in your hands, Maya Stone, and charge Lord Nestor with guarding my prisoner. And Tyrion says, and I charge you to bring the prisoner a cup of wine and a ni- nicely crisp capron and, uh, before he dies of hunger. He also says a girl would be pleasant as well, but I suppose that's too much to ask of you. And Bronn starts laughing. He snorts into his chocolate milk is what I picture. Yeah, <laughs> Nestor doesn't answer him, but says, as you command, my lady, and tells them to see Tyrion to a tower cell and bring him meat and mead. So she fo- uh, Cat follows Maya through the castle, and there's two mules waiting for them, and... They, uh, Maya says that some people close their eyes. It's, it's It helps them ascend the mountain easier. And she says that I was I... born a Tully and married a Stark. I don't frighten easily. You say that now. She asks if uh, Maya plans on bringing a torch. And Maya answers that torches blind you. Something we learned with Arya yeah, a couple chapters yeah. ago. The moon and the stars are enough. Michael says I have the eyes of an owl. So they mount and they begin climbing and Catelyn asks Yeah, that's Michael. not the first time she has actually mentioned Michael. She's done it a couple and times. And this is here, actually but... something the Silent Sisters touched on uh, that this part breaks their heart because Maya Stone is A, a badass. They like Maya Stone. And I do as well. And two, we learn about Michael Redfort. He's my lover. Squire to Lynn Corbray. We're to wed once he becomes a knight. Next year or the year after. And Kat thinks that she sounds so like Sansa, so happy and innocent in her dreams, but her smile is tinged with sadness. She thinks that the Red Forts were an old name in the Vale, with blood of the first men in their veins. No Red Fort would ever marry a bastard. His family would arrange a suitable match. And if Michael ever lay with this girl at all, it was on the wrong side of the sheet. Now, yeah, I really like the... Because you, you kind of have to make those assumptions, and they picked up on it, the Not So Silent Sisters. And again, full spoiler reread, but um, Michael Redfort gets married. Yeah. And to it's someone more his station. Not Maya Stone. Yeah, Maya Stone is being naive and here. I and think it's, it's a shame. It, it is as heartbreaking because of the way that she compares her to Sansa mm-hmm. and how we know how. Think about the, the tournament and how enamored she was with the whole thing especially the knights yeah and so like to think that you found this one who you're gonna marry and yeah they might be friends it's just like you know rob and john snow are best friends but rob still knows he's better than john quote unquote no michael redford sounds like a dick and it sounds like he's sleeping with i a think bastard girl i think that's what it really is but she doesn't him, she yeah. doesn't know that and she's the poor girl who's innocent and doesn't understand you know how manipulative he's being yeah and he's just that highborn fuck but it's, the uh, uh, cat, the ascent is easier than Cat thought. The trees make it seem as if they're traveling up a big tunnel, but the mules are pretty sure-footed. The wind, uh, they wind back and forth up the mountain, and the quiet, gentle rocking soon has her fighting sleep because it's been an exhausting day. But suddenly, she she thinks she must have snoozed for a bit because there's suddenly a massive iron-bound gate before them. Stone, Maya announced, and so the the gates swing open. And a officer offers them some charred meat and onions. Cat didn't realize how hungry she is, so she's just standing in the yard, fucking mowing this Yo, thing. Yeah, I was doing that earlier. As the grease is just ripping down her feet, as the uh, more fresh mules are being saddled for them, and they set off again. And this part is much steeper and much more treacherous. And Maya has to dismount to move rocks out of their path. Every yeah, now they've and then. fallen off the path. The wind is blowing pretty sharply, uh, pretty vigorously. And below, she can see stone and the gates of the moon. And then they arrive at snow. And then you get to stone, uh, snow, which is smaller than stone. Just but a single tower. It's but... right on the path, so enemy, any enemy intent on the Eerie would have to fight 
step by step as arrows and rocks rain down upon yeah. them. And so the the commanding officer there offers them some some bread and cheese, but Maya Stone decides that you know it's probably best we, if yeah, we we're just gonna keep going. go. And Kat approves of that. Yes. So they get more fresh mules and they set off again. So I like this part because she she gets a new cat gets a new mule and he's mm-hmm. an all white mule and Maya says oh whitey good he's a good mule but if he doesn't like you he'll kick you other than that he's one of the best you can get now I, maybe it's again just me jumping around like I do but I just thought white and whitey very snow related. Mm. And so once again, she's getting tied to the the snow stone yeah, she's, faster yeah, names. Yeah, she's trusting her life to this the snow horde, yeah. um, mule basically. But but Kat ends up thinking that Maya is very young, very naive. This girl had lived half her life in summer, and that was all she knew. Yeah, winter is coming, child. She wanted to say, and perhaps she was becoming a Stark at last. So up here, the wind is much worse, and Kat found it better to look up rather than look down. Because down is scary. They come to a narrow path with a drop to either side, and Maya says that it's best to lead the mules across on foot. So Maya crosses, and it's Cat turn. Cat's turn. One step in, and she just becomes paralyzed with fear, yeah, thinking she's that like, she's going to die here. The wind is whipping at her, so Maya calls out to her, asking if she's well. And Cat swallows her pride and says, "I cannot do this, child." And Maya's talking to her, "Yes, you can. I'll come back for you." And so Maya does, and step by step. I just feel like Catelyn this is across. every. <laughs> I I picture Maya Stone going back for Cat as like, the the person working at the cash register at every store when there's an older person that doesn't know how to use like the new card chip reader. Yeah, and they're like, you're sitting there watching them. And they're like, I, uh, no, it's okay. You can do this. I got you put it. The, you put it in with the chip. Now now enter your pins. <laughs> Now take the chip card all all the way out. Yeah, Kat, then, trying to be a badass, ends up... Which is the point that she made. I'm made of harder stuff. I don't fear yeah, easily. I'm a totally and and a she has to, like, close her eyes and be escorted directly, step by step. All, by this young 17, 18-year-old Whitey's girl. doing it just fine yeah. behind her. So she they get to Sky and she says the Sky is barely a castle, but Cat is relieved all the same to see it. And dawn is breaking as the gates opened. From here, they climb inside up a stone ladder in another hour or so, and they'll arrive at the Eyrie. Cat looks up at the Eyrie, (laughs) and she remembers what her uncle told Tyrion, and she says the Lannisters may have their pride, but the Tullys are born with some sense. I've ridden all day and night. Tell them to lower a basket. I'll ride up with the turnips. Good call. And so the sun is well up by the time Cat is actually at the Eyrie. Sir Vardis Egan of John Aaron's house. So of that's another one of those names that I never really thought of and I'm excited to to commit yeah. and have as a He person. helps her from the basket and beside him is Maester Coleman. They yeah. greet her saying that Lysa had asked to be woken the second cat arrived and cat just sort of snippily yeah, thinks I hope her yeah. sleep was well. Must be nice. Like you fucking forced me to come up in the middle of the night instead of waiting until the morning slept. and you fucking slept. So the Eerie is a small castle by the standards of the great houses. Seven slender towers like a quiver of arrows on a mountain tightly bound. It seems strangely deserted as cat is escorted through though. And Lysa is waiting in her solar when Cat enters. She rises to greet her. I dropped my pen. You fool of a took. And so Lysa rises, gives her a hug, and says, Five years, you know, how long has it been? Oh my god. And Cat realizes that Lysa looks pretty rough. Yeah, and she tells her, You look well, mm-hmm. but tired. And she's, Oh, 
so tired. Eliza oh. tells everyone to leave them, and as soon as the door closes, boom, piss face. Yeah, have you taken leave of your senses to bring him here without a word of permission, without a warning, to drag us into your quarrels with the Lannisters? My quarrels. Cat is pissed. Yeah, she back. can't believe what she's hearing. She's like the. Fuck you sent you the cursed letter. You said the Lannisters murdered your husband, and Liza fires back to warn you to stay away, not, not to, to fight, fight them. them. Yeah. Gods, do you know what you've done? And they're interrupted by a small voice saying, Mother, Mother. Robert Aaron, the Lord of the Eerie, stood clutching a small doll, a painfully small child for his age and sickly all his days. Liza had almost been shouting, so yeah. it's no wonder that he... So this is where we get to see the crazy. Like Liza introduces Catelyn as his aunt. Do you, do you remember? Blah, 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 blah. And she calls him to her. And Robert goes to her, and she starts petting him and saying, Yeah, isn't he beautiful? Just and coddling strong, too. Don't believe what you hear. John knew. The seed is strong, he told me. His last words. He kept Straight repeating from the horse's Robert's, mouth. He kept repeating Robert's name. He gripped my arm so tight he left marks. Tell them the seed is strong. His seed. He wanted everyone to know how strong my boy is. No. Bitch. You're wrong. You're wrong and you're fucking crazy. You're, yeah, you're on nuts. little fingers page. Like, you killed your husband, you psycho bitch. So Kat is looking at this little boy because at, at this point I think it is that she pulls out her breast and he gets some breakfast on. And Kat is like, he's... Well, Kat, because Kat, uh, yeah, no, there was a little bit. Kat brings up the Lannisters and qu- Lysa tells her, quiet, you're going to, you're going to, f- not in front of the baby, she calls him the Right, baby. right. And this is when Kat says, the boy is the lord of the Eerie and defender of the Vale. And she mentions that Ned thinks it may come to war, and Liza screams at her, quiet, you're scaring the boy. And he drops his little doll. And he and starts like, shaking yeah. and, and trembling, and this is when, yeah, she whips yeah. it out, and he begins feeding. And Kat's basically like, my son back at home, Rickon, is half his age, three years old. But he's still five times as fierce. Yeah, he would, Rickon he's would running with the, the fucking. He's running with the direwolves yeah. in the fucking courtyard. Like Rickon chased. He was about to fuck Tyrion Lannister up yeah. there. He was like coming charging in shit. Yeah, and she for the first time she understands why Robert wanted the boy fostered by Tywin. Like yeah. she gets it. Which is that point when you had mentioned you know the, the taking it out of the lion's mouth. Yeah. It would have done this kid some good yeah. right here, but... She's murmuring to him, we are safe here, and Catelyn doesn't know if she's saying it to herself or to Robert at that point. And Catelyn says, don't be a fool, no one is safe, and hiding here won't make the Lannisters just forget about you. But this always Lysa, brings me, uh... Lysa covers fucking yeah, Robert's, Robert's ears. ears. And says, the eerie is impregnable, no one can reach us here. Give me a few good dozen good I'll impregnate, men, the, I'll the, impregnate bitch. the bitch. Yeah. Good old Bronn. Catelyn line. wants to slap her at this point and thinks that her uncle fucking warned her, and she says that no castle is impregnable. This one is, everyone says so. What am I to do with this imp you've brought me and then robert aaron goes is he a bad man mommy a very bad man but mother won't let him harm my little baby make him fly robert asks eagerly perhaps we will perhaps that is just what we'll do so yeah we get to learn of that's the end of the chapter bt dub but we get to learn of the gross gross relationship between robert aaron i thought you were just gonna say lisa aaron well i mean yeah she's just a detestable gross hag of a woman anyway but although if she has some she might just have some some mental 
disabilities. I, in which like, case, that's that's unfortunate. I, at this point, I don't even give a fuck. Lysa is fine. gross. She's, gross. She's, she's disgusting. Pretty, she's pretty gross. There's no reason. No, and like I don't even have an issue with breastfeeding. Like if you've got a, an infant who need, like that's fine. I'm like whatever. But this kid's six. But this is fucking disgusting. Yeah, this you're is... not even a giant, and so it's just weird. And it's purely for her. It's her caught like yeah, wanting him exactly. to be close it's and the... it's, it's revolting. Cats revolted by it. Like I understand this woman's been through a lot, but at this point, she killed her husband. A lot of the exactly. things she's done are because she wants to fucking pursue Peter Baelish. She's not the victim here. Like she's painted as the victim, absolutely. No, ab- but yeah, she definitely. is not she a victim. Not. She's like plotting Aaron with is little finger. She's doing vile. bad things. And so ugh. that being said, I'm guessing that she's your inductee? No, he <laughs> goes to the fucking bee fish, of Bend course, because he's just he's Brandon the black Tully. sheep of the family. He took the black fish as his sigil because he was the black fish of House Tully. He's the black sheep, and so who doesn't identify with that? So I'm going with Brendan B. Fish, Word. obviously. Uh, I was... Uh... Did you want to read theirs? Who did they... Well, you give yours first. So, oh, right, because I don't know who uh, they got. Um... Uh, man, I should think about these things every episode instead of just some of them. I'm going to give mine to to Whitey for making it across that dang cliff without any fear anytime. He does it hundreds of times a fucking day. So we could use a good mule yeah, like Whitey. So uh, my, my inductee this, week, this chapter is Whitey the mule. Excellent. The uh, jumping over to the Silent Sisters, they said the only uh, other part of this chapter that they really liked was the induction of the Blackfish. Gods, what a great character. Other than that, Cat 6 is a pretty straightforward journey into the veil and an introduction to that little shit of a kid, Robin, Robin Aaron. Good call. We are ready for Littlefinger to throw his little bastard ass <laughs> out the moon door. So they're inductees. Uncepta Brandy invites the black, she- bla- the black sheep, the black fish to the group. Way to fuck up our inductee. Thank you. And how excited we are to see more of him. And uh, Uncepta Afton inducts Maya Stone because, quite simply, Maya is a pretty cool and fearless character. Uh, she is a bit sad for her, though, because she's so in love with Michael Redfort. And then in Feast, we find out that he's a cock ass and he married someone else. <laughs> it's Feast. Uh, so I was going to give Maya Stone my inductee as well. I love Maya Stone because we do. And, uh, uh, Sansa later had yes, a lot with Maya Stone. To hang and, and some. Edric Storm stuff. Yes, so I'm kind of excited for because Sansa in the Veil. There, there's a lot of theories that I like mm-hmm. and that I subscribe to. I've been talking to you a lot about Shadrick, the yep. Mad Mouse, and his coup that I think he's staging. And Maya Stone's right in there and capable of some cool stuff. Um, anyway, uh, thank you to the Not So Silent Sisters for writing us in. We always appreciate the write-ins. As you say, every email, all men must die. But we are not men, and thank you to S Robert six one three. If I butchered that from Instagram, I'm sorry, but yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for listening and uh, reading consuming along with us, us in block hours, which is an interesting way to do it. But we appreciate you listening hey, all the same. I've, I've binged some podcasts oh, before. So give us a uh, give us some of your inductees, please. Next yeah. week we will be reading. Ned 9, Eddard 9. Which we have not yet recorded, obviously, as where it's being plugged right now. Well, I just, because I remember their email, the Not So Silent Sisters. Yeah, no, they, and, uh, the Not So Silent so. Sisters. Spoiler alert. Boom. They uh, actually have emailed us quite a few inductees ahead. They're thinking ahead. So <laughs> we are excited to dive into what they have to say. We're excited. It's a relatively short chapter, but 
It's a fun I, one. Uh, it should be an interesting it's one as Ned and one. Jamie will be having their confrontation. Yes. So look forward to that. Uh, make sure you leave us a rate and review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Get the latest and greatest from your brotherhood. We're on uh Twitter. And We've Twitter. got two Twitter so, handles. We can plug this time. Yes, yeah, finally. So Nate, which is me. I'm Nate. He I, runs the official Brotherhood one. Which is at Manners Without. Yeah, good Fuck job. You know. right I've been I've using it. Open. Oh, it's open too. At Manners Without on Twitter. And Zach's known as... You can follow me at Carstark92 on Twitter. And just, you know, don't fucking at me. Because <laughs> I mean do at me. Because uh, I love it. But. So we're also on Instagram at Brotherhood Without. I'll our... probably just post a lot of inflammatory... Infl- uh, post just because i'm that kind of guy sure so, i don't know how the tweeters work yeah i know you don't but it's okay we're also on facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast you can get a hold of us uh, at the gmail without manners brotherhood at gmail.com we understand that these uh these handles are all a little bit of wackadoo there and yeah we, not we've all got exactly some matching. feedback about that we and, do apologize uh, it's just there's so many different socials that it sometimes is hard to keep them congruent. Sometimes versions of them are tra- taken when we try to sign up for them. So but that's life. Basically, I if you type in Brotherhood Without Manners on whichever preferred search engine yours is for podcasts, you will find us. So I have faith in you. It's pretty good stuff. But if uh, it went in doubt, we, we tend to always be on Twitter, Facebook, and the Gmail most actively so if and we always appreciate the rate and reviews on the apple yeah and you can even leave comments podcasts. on the shows on on the actual website uh www.brotherhoodwithout.com and if we're not putting out all the content quick enough for you you can check out our patreon and listen to some additional chapters that we release the winds of winter sample chapters as yes. of right now we have the mercy we plan on releasing theon yes, very theon's soon. coming up very very soon so check us out there. I don't have our Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash without manners. That's what happens when you know what it off the top of your head, which Alrighty. is the only one. I'm done listening to your voice. Wow. I'm not going to do it for four Rude hours like one of our listeners did. So thank you all for writing in. Thank you all for listening. Again, we appreciate you and everything. All right, do. shut the fuck up. Valar de Harris. Rude. Peace. up everybody it's nate here from brotherhood without manners i'm just gonna sneak in and tell you really quick about this sweet app called podcoin if you listen to podcasts at all especially brotherhood without manners all you have to do is download this app download our podcast put in the code brotherhood and you will get 300 coins and you can spend those coins on all sorts of cool stuff gift cards donating to charity whatever so give it a try let us know if you like it we really enjoy using it for our podcast listening. Uh, you can get free stuff, so why not take advantage of something you already do? Anyway, back to the episode.